This is Patty Scalzo welcoming all our listeners to Shear Jashub, brought by the Church of Shear Jashub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. Today, my husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo, continues the Heavenly Authority series in the section on the judges. Last time we saw Moses' instructions to the people to appoint judges in all their towns in the Promised Land. And then in Deuteronomy chapter 17, we left off with his directions for these appointed judges to bring the matters too hard for them to judge before the priests, Levites, and special judge at the tabernacle. So now, let's rejoin the sermon. Justice requires not only that you do all the things we read, that you're honorable, that you're fair, that you don't accept bribes, but also that you know your limitations, and that some issues are just very, very difficult, and it requires a little more. And rather than dealing with them quickly, they would go up then to this type of Supreme Court, and notice they're going to the priest. Well, the priest epitomizes the religion of Israel, right? The priest is supposed to, the high priest has on the ephod with the breastplate of righteousness, with the Urim and the Thummim in there, the light and the perfection, and he's supposed to go before God and consult and inquire for the leader, for the judges, to get the Lord's opinion on the matter. The priests we studied also, they were to teach the nation the ways of the Lord, the matters of the law, the statutes, the ordinances. They knew all the ways of God. And so if you have a sticky issue, if you have a difficult matter, you might need to consult with them to say, what does the law of God say about this issue? And then they too would go and consult God and see if they could receive leading from him. And whether the world likes it or not, sometimes problems, and problems we often label as secular, problems in society, social problems, sometimes they're so hard, they're so difficult, they're so without apparent solution, and they're seemingly impossible, that the only answer lies in the Lord God and his help and his answer. You see, in, in the nation of Israel, God and religion were not dirty words. In our society, when a problem comes up, when we have a social problem, a hard judgment, we tend now to cut off God. And people of religion are limited, people of faith in the God of Israel and his son Jesus are being limited from speaking out in the public debate to say, well, God says in his holy word, such and such. And everything is spoken about in secular terms. But when you do that, you might be silencing the only source of a true and permanent solution to some very difficult dilemmas in our country. In their judicial system, God's will was necessary. What God said was necessary in order to solve those really difficult, deep problems that if you don't deal with them, just multiply and go on and go on. This way they would have a righteous judgment. In Joshua chapter 8 and verse 33, this is when 
he renews the covenant with the next generation that goes into the promised land. It says, Then all Israel, with their elders and officers and judges, Shaphat, stood on the other side of the ark before the priest. So they were there at the solemn assembly. The judges took part in it. And then what we read last time in Joshua chapter 24, the farewell address that Joshua gives the people after the victory, after they had so much success in reclaiming the promised land and driving out the nations, though they didn't drive out all the nations. In Joshua 24, 1, it says, Then Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and called for the elders of Israel, for the heads, for their judges, same word, and for their officers, and they presented themselves before God. So again, another solemn assembly, and Israel's judges are there. But on Joshua's death, a new important role and a new important meaning was given to Shaphat, to that word for a judge. The position of the judge became, of certain judges, became more important than just the judicial sense we've been studying where they decided the cases. And here comes in the idea of deliverance and the idea of liberating from injustice. And again we'll see individual men and women called specifically by God, not chosen by a council of the people, not part of an institution or organization of lineage like the priesthood, but specific men and women also called by God for a chosen purpose. And like Joshua and Moses, these individuals are raised up for a purpose and for a time to do God's work in Israel. Let's read from the book of Judges with that background. And we'll go to chapter 2 and verse 6. And when Joshua had dismissed the people, the children of Israel went each to his own inheritance to possess the land. So the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great works of the Lord, which he had done for Israel. Verse 8. Now Joshua the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died when he was 110 years old. And then verse 10, when all that generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation arose after them who did not know the Lord, nor the work which he had done for Israel. You see how quickly the victory in Canaan under Joshua and the people of his day, how quickly that victory can go wrong. How long does it take? When all that generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation arose. It took one generation. It only took one generation for the miraculous conquest. You know, the miraculous conquest. We read how they go into the Jordan River, the priests bring the ark, what happens? The waters separate, right? 
So they take the 12 stones and they set them up in Gilgal to remind the children the miracle that God had done. And then they march around the walls of Jericho as the Lord tells them. And what happens? The walls of Jericho come down. And they have victory after victory against people that were way taller than them. The fear of God came upon the people. Some battles, none of their men would even die. It was as a supernatural touch of God comes down and they just win. And yet in one generation, it all can go wrong. It all can change. It all can turn around. That's the importance of teaching the children. We studied that last time. To tell them, to tell them the works that the Lord has done. Because if the next generation doesn't understand why the previous generation has the values they have, why they have the faith they have in God, the miracles that God has done for them, it only takes one generation for it to all go away. Verse 11, Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals. The Baals are the Canaanite gods. You know, in the New Testament, they are a type of Satan himself. They're satanic demons and Satan who the people worshipped that were in that land and that was the reason why God threw them out of the land and gave it to the Israelites. Well, the very purpose for going in there to worship Yahweh God and not to be like these people who worship demonic gods in one generation they're doing the very same thing that the people they were driving out had done before them. They did evil in the sight of the Lord. Verse 12, And they forsook the Lord God of their fathers, who brought them out of the land of Egypt, and they followed other gods from among the gods of the people who were all around them. And they bowed down to them, and they provoked the Lord to anger. They forsook the Lord God, the God of their fathers, he was the one who blessed them, and yet they went away from him, and they go to the gods, the people who were, who were losing. And they do evil in the sight of the Lord, and it makes God angry. It provoked the Lord to anger. And I wonder how many American households today, the same could be said, that they have forgotten the Lord God of their fathers. They forsook the Lord, verse 13, and they served Baal, all the different Canaanite gods, and Ashtoreths, the Canaanite goddesses, and we're not going to go into them, but these were sick images of demons that they worshipped as gods. And the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel. Notice the language used here in Judges to show how much God hates this. The anger of the Lord was hot against Israel. So he delivered them into the hands of plunderers who despoiled them. And he sold them into the hands of their enemies all around so that they could no longer stand before their enemies. Whenever they went out, the hand of the Lord was against them for calamity. As the Lord had said, and as the Lord had sworn to them, and they were greatly distressed. Some say that's very cruel. Well, they're choosing these people over God. God was their deliverer. He pulls back his hand and he gives them over to the peoples that they're following. You want to be like them? And they become subservient 
to all these peoples around them, and they no longer win, they lose. When they go out, the Lord is against them, as the Lord hath sworn to them. And that's over and over at the time of Moses. Just to give you a sample, in Leviticus chapter 26, he's made it very clear to them. He tells them in verse 14, But if you do not obey me, and do not observe all these commandments, and if you despise my statutes, or if your soul abhors my judgments, so that you do not perform all my commandments, but break my covenant, I also will do this to you. I will even appoint terror over you, wasting disease and fever, which shall consume the eyes and cause sorrow of heart. And you shall sow your seed in vain, for your enemies shall eat it. I will set my face against you, and you shall be defeated by your enemies. Those who hate you shall reign over you, and you shall flee when no one pursues you. And it goes on and on, all of chapter 26, telling them what's going to happen. I've blessed you, but if you leave me, these are the curses that are going to come upon you. There's instructions given by Moses. When Joshua would lead them into the promised land, part of their group was to go out up to Mount Ebal, and after they crossed the Jordan, they were to pronounce these curses that God said would come upon them. One group pronounced the blessings if they followed him, and the other group pronounced the curses that would come upon them if they went away from him. Because he's their protection. He's their deliverer. And when we take ourselves outside of God's protection, we certainly become food to be devoured by our enemies. If you have any questions, please write to us at Shir Jashub Christian Tabernacle, Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut, 06405. May our Lord Jesus richly bless you as you serve Him.